The following program deals with a controversial subject. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. Viewers are invited to make a judgment based on all available information. This is your captain speaking. We are beginning our descent into madness. Another edition of What's Still the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late, but tonight we're going to make it worth your while. Genevieve, how are you doing over there? I'm doing quite all right. How are you? I, well, apparently I, not that not, well. <laughs> not, not, not too well. No, no. It's uh, Yesterday was, uh, like I said, a, a really fun Halloween party, and I had a lot of fun. I may have overdone it on the apple juice, but, <laughs> you know, I'm here. I'm still here, and nothing like a little Pantera to get the blood pumping. Yeah. Get things started. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't my idea of soothing music. I know, you know. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> quick shout out to everybody tuning in tonight. Thank you so much for being with us. Tonight we have a really, really interesting show. I'm really happy to welcome a good friend of ours, good friend of the show, uh, Janie. Uh, our longtime listeners will remember that I interviewed Janie. She was one of, actually, you know what? Here's a little fun fact. Janie was my first guest. Mm -hmm. She was She yeah. was my first official guest. And she came to share some of her experiences being a paranormal investigator with like the TAPS crew and, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, she brought some EVPs and it, we had a great conversation with that. Uh, fast forward a few years and Janie works doing, um, hypnotherapy, yeah. right? And this is something that I always found interesting. You know, I've, I've heard a lot about hypnosis and the, the myths and some of the, uh, the folklore, <laughs> I guess you can say, surrounding, uh, hypnosis. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started looking into hypnotherapy and learning about some of the things that it can be used for, you know, like stress relief, trauma therapy, they can help you, you know, deal with fears and phobias and things like that. And, you know, you can also get into some really crazy stuff like dream therapy and uh, uh, past life regressions, right? Yeah. And tonight, tonight we're going to talk to Janie about some of this stuff and a whole lot more because the world is quite the crazy place. So uh, without further ado, let me see if I can get Janie on the line here. Janie, can you hear us okay? I can. Hi, Frank. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, hey, Janie. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us tonight. We're, we're really happy to have you. And uh, and yeah, like I was telling people, right, you were my first official guest and, and it was a great show and you have come back on numerous occasions. And tonight we're going to talk about this, you know, what you've been doing for a while now, which is this uh, hypnotherapy. It involves hypnosis and all that. But why don't you tell people really quick what hypnotherapy is? Well, hypnotherapy is a therapeutic method um, that helps alleviate unwanted thoughts and behaviors. It's as simple as that. You know, a lot of times what you're seeing in TV and film and uh, what you might be reading about on the Internet um, brings a, a little bit of a Hollywood feel to it, um, you know, with sort of these uh, misconceptions and, as you mentioned a moment ago, these folklores around it. So not only do I... Um, do I have my own practice as a hypnotherapist, mm -hmm. but I also spend a lot of my time doing shows like this or, or you know, I have my own YouTube channel now where I'm trying to nice. kind of take those misconceptions and, and put the reality out there and the truth about what it is and how it works. Now, let me ask you something because I'm sure people might be asking themselves this question. You used to do uh, paranormal investigations, right? Uh, correct what? me if I'm wrong. Was it the TAPS uh, crew? The yes. And how yes. did you get... Yes. How did you get involved doing that back then? You know, to be to be more specific, I worked with ghost hunters. 
uh-huh. who worked with cats. Gotcha. So it, you know, I with those hunters on the Sci-Fi Channel um, when they had, you know, they're they're East Coast based, but they were coming to the West Coast uh-huh. um, to do some uh, some investigations in Hollywood. They were going to be investigating um, one of the murder houses for the Charles Manson murders, uh-huh. and also they were they were investigating the um, uh, Jim Henson's uh, Muppet theater and oh. it also used to be charlie chaplin's uh theater back in the day oh, wow. so so the the staff there um on that property literally had daily paranormal activity daily. oh wow and they would come in and no matter what they did to try to alleviate that you know they would mm-hmm. everything would be just so they'd lock up they'd leave for the night and come back and you know, things would be flipped around and furniture would be moved and, you know, lots of things. And they would, and, and, and very often they would see full apparitions, which is so oh, wow. unusual. Again, that's something that is so Hollywoodized. You know, when you talk about paranormal events, people think that, you know, a big ghost from head to toe shows up. And that's actually very rare, you know, right. for people to see full apparitions. So, um, Several staff members had that um, happen on, on numerous occasions. So it's a very active um, property right off of Sunset Boulevard here in, in Hollywood. I actually I'm I'm a bit familiar with the uh, with one, a house up in 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 Cielo Drive. It's not the house where the where the murder has you know happened because that house got demolished. But it's one of the the neighboring properties. And apparently the the homeowner there claims that you know it's a pretty active with you know the ghost of Sharon Tate and and things like that. So I, I mean I've heard a bit about that, and that is really interesting. Yeah. Um, did you guys contact? Did you manage to get in contact with anybody with the, the Manson murders? You know, um, we we did not have a lot of activity there, uh-huh. um, so that portion wasn't aired as much as the other. Uh-huh. They were doing a a, a two day segment, a gotcha. Hollywood segment, and um, you know it, it, it's interesting because I think. We went in thinking that that was going to be that was going to be the money shot, so to mm-hmm. speak. You know, we really thought that that was going to be where we would get a lot of the activity. We ended up getting more activity over at the um, Charlie Chaplin Theater. Wow, much more. And and that isn't to say that um, that the the Manson House mm-hmm. isn't active. I'm sure it right. is. And I think more than more than paranormal activity, I think my biggest. Um, Sort of, you know, I was actually had a little bit of a threat with the energy that we were dealing with oh, more really? than anything else. Just, just the fact that you would have stagnant energy is such a, such a terrible event. You know, right. such, such a, you know, this evil force, perhaps. You know, of and course. That and then, you know, it's not necessarily paranormal in the mm-hmm. sense that you know we're going to see things flying around the room and ghosts. You know. Appearing. Yeah. That's not really what I thought would happen. Anyhow, I, I kind of just figured, okay, well, we're, we're stepping into a force, you know, and we may not have something that will uh, validate that mm-hmm. on a, you know, um, you know, on one of our screens or our recorders, but, but I think you could feel it. We all could feel it when wow. we walked in. It was like, oof, this is heavy. Wow. Very, very heavy. Janie, you know, we're going to be popping in and out of the paranormal topic because, you know, it's October, right? Halloween is just yeah. coming up. So, yeah. um, but I know that people in the chat room are interested. They want to ask you some questions. Uh, I, I saw a comment that um, Tony Merlo says he hadn't been hypnotized. He's yeah. never been hypnotized or um, never attempted to be. No, I believe um, it stemmed from Professor Madness's question uh-huh. about um, 
you know, can anyone be hypnotized or are there some that are not able to be? Okay, so would you like to answer that question, Janie, and then we'll throw a few more uh, at you from the chat room. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I love that question. I think it's, it's, it's one of the most important because it's it's a big block for many people. If they don't mm -hmm. think that, the, that it's even possible to be hypnotized, then they won't even they won't ever try it or, or contact a, a hypnotherapist. So I'm oh, wow. so glad that the question has been asked. Um, very simply, yes, absolutely everyone can be hypnotized. Everyone is hypnotized naturally on their own every yeah. single day. Mm -hmm. And I want to give some examples of that. You know, when we when we think about, and I think we've all done this, if, if you have a driver's license and you drive, yeah. you might... Uh, be driving from point A to point B, and suddenly you're you're at your destination, and you don't even remember the drive. You're just there. You suddenly right. are there, and um, and it, it's a little bit alarming, I think, when we all get to that moment when we arrive, and we think, right. "Oh my gosh, where was my head?" <laughs> I'm driving, and I have no recollection. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we call highway hypnosis, and it is a hypnotic state. It's very natural. You didn't have a hypnotist, stand, you know, sitting in your passenger seat, mm -hmm. snapping their fingers. It, it just happened naturally, and that is something that you know you're lulled into that by the humming of the vehicle, the vibration right. um, mm -hmm. underneath your seat, the the lines in the road that you know go past your eyes very quickly, and so there's um. There's a lot that you're, that you're taking in, a lot of sensory overload, mm -hmm. and these types of things can become very relaxing, humming sounds right. and mm -hmm. uh, a continuous line choo, 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 mm -hmm. going past you, and suddenly you're in hypnosis. It doesn't take much at all. So wow. to answer that question as, as easily as possible, yes, you can be hypnotized. Everyone can be hypnotized. I think where that misconception comes um, Frank and Genevieve is that there are different inductions and inductions mm -hmm. work differently for different types of people. Okay. Mm. And one of the things that I really want to get into tonight is about suggestibility because it's not something that I've talked about on your show before. And I mm -hmm. think that's a really important factor that I, I want people to understand. We all have a different type of suggestibility and there are, like, for instance, some of my clients are much more prone to the maternal soft, gentle oh, voice. Right. And there are some that want the paternal, you're going to do this and you're going to do it right yeah. now. And I'm the former, by the way. Them. I'm the former. Just okay. want <laughs> to throw that it's out there. It's important for you to know that, right? <laughs> so if, 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 you're in, if you're ever in a situation where you're in a big um, auditorium or a crowd and you're watching a, a, a hypnotist show and he or she says, all right, everybody, I want you to close your eyes and pretend X, Y, and Z. Right. Your arms are going to start to feel very light. And if you're not feeling that and you're kind of looking around from side to side and you're looking at your neighbors going, okay, well, mm -hmm. they seem like it's working for them. It's not working for me. That is very likely because the hypnotist is not using the type of induction that works for you, oh. he or she is doing a very general induction that will work for only a percentage of the crowd. And that's what is, it's, it's known. I mean, it, there's no way that they're going to be able to hypnotize 
everyone because they're only doing one type of infection, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, the next question that we have, and, and it kind of goes along with this a little bit, because the, the question is, can you meditate easily? Um, and I guess my, my follow-up question would be, if you are into the practice of meditation, can you more easily be hypnotized? Like, have you seen anything like that? Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, anyone who, who is uh, into meditation or yoga who um, exercises that muscle, so uh-huh. to speak, are very easily hypnotized, very easily suggestible. And what's even more important is that they understand and they know how to be in control of what they are being suggestible mm. to. Okay. And if I could be more clear by saying that you know, we can all be suggestible at different times in our day. Right. We can be suggestible watching television, mm-hmm. watching a show that we've chosen to watch, and then suddenly that show goes to commercial. Now we are being shown advertisements that we are not in control of. Right. And if you are in a highly suggestible state, which you generally are going into about 15 to 20 times a day, naturally, mm-hmm. if you are in a highly suggestible state, then you are going to be highly suggestible to those advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who meditate and who who um, are yogis, as mm-hmm. we like to say here in LA, mm-hmm. um, they have a better grip on how to control what it is that they are allowing into that subconscious realm. Wow. Okay. So not only are they very easily hypnotized, mm-hmm. they have uh, a really keen sense of what they are allowing in, mm-hmm. and they know how to block out what is not, uh, you know, on their wish list. Right. There's a, you know, there's a, a funny little fact that uh, I want to put out there. Talk about hypnotizing in television. And this is this is interesting. I mean, uh, I'd be interested to, to hear what you think, Janie. Uh, it seems, and I remember finding this uh, about a year ago or so, it seems that, you know, everybody remembers when uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated mm-hmm. in the 60s. I believe it was Walter Cronkite who, you know, delivered the news that the president was mm-hmm. dead. The first commercial that they played right after that was a coffee commercial, and it had a swinging pendulum of a clock, and it had that hypnotizing tick-tock. And a lot of people Mm. were saying, you know, that it was an extremely strange (laughs) commercial to go into right after Mm. the the assassination of of, uh, President Kennedy, because obviously Mm. here we are so many years later, and a lot of people believe that it was a, a, a conspiracy, and they point to this commercial in a way uh, to say that they wanted to hypnotize people into believing the lies that would come after, you know, that it was Lee Harvey Oswald and things like that. Do you find that, you know, television could be a a dangerous and powerful tool, if you will, um, when it comes to uh, hypnosis? Uh, Absolutely. And, and, you know, just in your example there, Frank, Mm -hmm. can you imagine, they know that every single Mm -hmm. set of eyes you know, in the yeah. nation in the world is watching at that very moment. I mean, they're, you know, they have all the attention. So, of course, why would they not capitalize on that? Right. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, they, with the capital P, right. um, do certainly have agendas that we can only try to imagine, but I don't think we could even fully comprehend what it is that they're up to and have been up to for you know, as long as they've been able to. Let me throw it back to the chat room. I believe it was Professor Madness who had a question about how can one go about clearing their mind? Well, I wonder what the um, 
what they mean when they say clearing the mind. Uh, I think it was uh, along the meditation uh, line, you know, as far as meditating, okay, how does one... Okay, good. That, then that's more of, you know, clearing energy and, and not um, eliminating memory. So that that's just what I wanted to make sure uh-huh. we weren't talking about because... Um, Eliminating memories is not anything that I that I would ever say is a positive um, uh, experience or mm-hmm. anything that that you should do because you know we're we all go through the, through things for a reason and mm-hmm. you know it's just not something that I would ever recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as clearing the mind, though, yes, absolutely. If you can use that um, through meditation, yoga, um, and hypnosis, and and I think a big part of what I do is is try to alleviate that misconception that hypnosis is this sort of um, unfamiliar, scary word, you know, right. and people don't know what that is, and they think that that means that they're being mind-controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's so far from that. I mean, it, it couldn't be more, uh, uh, you know, the fact is, is that I tell my clients all the time, I say, this is not about me um, taking control away from you. This is about me giving control back to you, where it is that you feel like it's remiss in your life. So um, using these methods, I have some clients that see me on a weekly basis, and mm-hmm. not for any one thing. They just do it to clear their mind, to have that clarity for the right. week. Um, I have one gentleman that sees me every Sunday, and it has to be Sunday because it says my whole week, I, I rely on that. I need mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. clarity wow. and that peace of mind and, and quieting that conscious mind, that conscious chatter that is so... Um, confusing and mm-hmm. loud, and um, it, it 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 it's so hard for us to even be able to think straight if we're only in our conscious realm. Mm-hmm. So um, using hypnosis to go into the subconscious realm once a week is is a great way to clear your mind, to let go of past thoughts that are just running like a broken record mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are not. They're not doing anything positive for you. Yeah. And you know what I've what I've known from talking to you and 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 discussing this kind of thing. It seems that you know the more you do it, the you know the 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 easier it becomes, right? To to enter that state and and uh, you know have more progress during that time of of hypnotherapy. Correct. Oh, most definitely. Uh, you know, so many of of the clients that I see will. Uh, whatever type of suggestible they are, it does not matter. Most of them will go under about 80 to 90% the first mm-hmm. time and 100% the second, third, fourth, fifth. Because the first time, they sort of want to have one eye open. You know, yeah. they want to have one ear listening. They're, they're, the conscious mind is still going, well, I'm going to hang out just yeah. a little bit. I just mm-hmm. kind of want to know what's going on and how this is working. So um, I expect that in the first session. That's mm-hmm. why it usually goes a little longer because I try really hard to explain the whole process before and to try to alleviate that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen every time. Um, right. Sometimes people are just really ready and they go. Right. Um, but like I said, it's it's not too far-fetched to have um, clients that are, you know, they go 80 to 90% that first time just because they, they want to they wanna listen in. You know, they want to know what, what's what's going on and how this is working and, um, you know, what the secret is, so to speak. And um, another really interesting comment in the chat, and um, I, I think it, it um, seems to explain, you know, what meditation is almost. Um, Kung Pu in the chat says, is meditation a form of self-hypnosis? 
Yes, it is. And I love that. I love to hear when people use the phrase self-hypnosis because, mm-hmm. again, it's just chipping away more and more at the at the misconception and that scariness around it when people don't understand what it is. So saying self-hypnosis and comparing it to meditation is exactly what we should be doing because mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. Um, self-hypnosis and being hypnotized by a hypnotherapist mm-hmm. um I would say the only difference is that a hypnotherapist is a guided, uh, you know, professional guide. Mm -hmm. And we generally can take you deeper than you'd be able to go in Mm self-hypnosis. But that does not for a minute take away from the value of of Mm self-hypnosis and what you can gain from that, the type of benefit that you get from it. And what I said a moment ago is speaks well to this moment as well, that, you know, practicing, practicing mm-hmm. and working that muscle through self-hypnosis, meditation, yeah. yoga, those types of things mm-hmm. are cousins to what it is that I do. And it certainly helps when you do contact a hypnotherapist. You're ready to go. You've worked that muscle and you're ready to truly release. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to ask you something. I have, uh, you know, friends and, and family who, you know, are, are devout in their religion and they see hypnosis and hypnotherapy as a bad thing. When you encounter somebody that maybe is not that open to the idea of hypnosis and hypnotherapy, how do you go about, you know, explaining something like that? Because they, they're under the assumption that this is an evil thing to do or a dangerous thing to do, or that you scary, can mess something yeah. up, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? It's, um, it, it's not as common as it, as it used to be. But I know that sometimes, you, you know, that, that you still run into that a little mm-hmm. bit with um, religion. Um, sometimes, you know, when they don't understand something or it doesn't fit the mold, um, you know, I mean, we, we can go back to witchcraft, you know, back right. in the day and, and what what was perceived to be witchcraft absolutely was not. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about epilepsy and right, you know, right. perhaps, you know, some, or just, just, you know, just rituals, you know, that were just for peace and wellness that were taken to be, you know, witchery. So, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. It's like, if, if you don't understand what it is, mm-hmm. and if you have that misconception in your mind that hypnosis is a mind control and it can make people do things that they wouldn't normally, um, be willing to do, then yeah, that seems to be, um, you know, probably a negative thing. But the, mm-hmm. but the problem is, is that that is so far from the truth. Right. Uh, no hypnotist, no hypnotherapist in the entire world could ever once make someone do something that they didn't choose to do. There is still a willpower. Wow. There is still a consciousness and mm-hmm. a subconscious, subconsciousness working in that moment. And okay. if you wanted to open your eyes, if you really wanted to, Mm-hmm. If you smelled smoke in the room and you knew that something was on fire, you would open your eyes. Yeah. You absolutely would. Mm-hmm. Um, same as if you were deep in sleep and you, you know, something caught your attention and it would waken you from a deep sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing. And so it's definitely been a journey for me um, as a hypnotherapist to alleviate those misconceptions as many times as I hear them. I try to talk about it and say, mm-hmm. no, 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 that's not what it is. 
And 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 that's a big thing that Hollywood can take their credit for with that. You know, right. that it really looked good to have movies and television and shows where it it showed people out of control. Mm-hmm. And if you've been to a hypnotist show and you've seen people acting crazy yeah. and foolish mm-hmm. and doing silly things, would you want another secret behind that? Yeah, yeah, we would love I to. Would. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I think it's a, it's it doesn't take away from the fact that of what it is, which uh-huh. is an entertainment show. Yeah. And yeah. hypnotist and hypnotherapist, that is the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, are we using some of the same modalities? Yes. Mm-hmm. But our intention is very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and a hypnotist, when they're doing that general induction out into the audience, mm-hmm. they're choosing. Uh, they're already looking for those that are suggestible to that specific induction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're looking mm-hmm. for the people who have, who have their heads dunked down and their arms raised really high, and who are, who are in fact showing and exhibiting the behaviors of what the hypnotist says that they're going to feel. So they're looking at 20 people in the audience that look mm-hmm. like they're quite hypnotized. And yeah. they choose those 20 people, those very specific people to come up on the stage. You know, wow. that, that choice was made, um, you know, very deliberately. Mm-hmm. And the people that are on the stage now realize that they have signed a nonverbal contract they know that they are now on a stage in front of X number of people mm-hmm. and that they are there to entertain. So you're going to see them do things, take their shoes off and talk to them like they're talking on a cell phone right, or right. start flapping wow. them, their arms around like they're birds. And it's not because the hypnotist is making them do something that they don't want to do because I think if you've ever seen these shows, you're going to see usually – you're usually going to see maybe two or three people up there who are just going to sit there. And and very yeah. quietly, there's a stagehand that comes over and caps them out. Right. Because those people decided, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not signing that nonverbal contract. I don't want to be wow. a fool. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And they don't. And they're very quietly tapped out and they're, they're moved off the stage very quickly. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're looking at the extroverts, you're looking Mm -hmm. at uh, what what we call physical suggestibles, you're looking at people who are highly suggestible. These are people who fall in love very easily, they forgive very easily, they're Mm. usually very gregarious and outgoing. Um, There's a certain type of personality that creates those fantastic hypnotist shows. But at no point are any one of those people doing something that they have not non-verbally agreed to. No, that, thank you for, for that. Yeah, because I, I wonder that myself. I have to uh, go back to my uh, grad night in high school. Uh, there was a, a, a hypnotist <laughs> that was brought in. And yeah, he did that whole thing. He got, you know, 20 people up there. And, and I saw my friends, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things. And I was like, how is this even possible? So thank you for, for clearing that up because I know that a lot of people probably have that people, question. People need to remember that, you know, you can in advance consciously decide I, I don't want to do this right. and it's only those that you know are happy to do it in the first place that that are even going to be on that stage so, yeah that's um, absolutely a couple of questions i believe they're scrolling away but um professor madness in the chat was also asking how um hypnotherapy can help people with depression um specifically you know h- how you would go about something like that 
depression is is a big one, and I I, I specialize in trauma mm-hmm. uh, and stress and anxiety. So I deal with uh, depression a lot, and you know, really where it where it go, where we start is is getting to the root of where that might be. And some people are chronically depressed and don't know why. And sometimes that answer, you know, isn't isn't readily available. They just mm-hmm. feel depressed. Right. So what we do through hypnosis as we go into the subconscious realm, we bring that to the surface and we quiet the conscious mind and the critical mind. The critical mind that is telling you, uh, you know, right from wrong. I believe this. I don't believe that. We're going to do this. We're not going to do that. That critical mind that is constantly analyzing everything. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is a very highly stressful area of our of our system, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and so when we're analyzing everything, and, and that, that often includes, you know, analyzing our own selves, you know, and how people might perceive us. And why did we do what we did last week and, 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 and the regrets and the things that we will want to change? My job is to quiet that, mm. to okay. shut that down so that the subconscious mind can say, look, we're looking at past, present, and future. These things are in the past. They are, they're not even in existence anymore. We're here in the now. Mm-hmm. And letting those things go, working them through, finding where they are located in the body, because generally we store our pain in very specific spots. Mm-hmm. And knowing where that spot is, locating that through a, uh, a subconscious body scan, and working that out. Because, you know, depression is something that it grows like a weed. It starts right. usually very young. Right. And it's undiagnosed. It's not something that is paid much attention to until it becomes so out of control that as an adult, we just don't even know where to start. Wow. And uh, so through subconscious awareness, mm-hmm. you're able to just let it go. Sometimes we don't need to know where it started. It's just a matter of finding where it's located in the body mm-hmm. and releasing it out with, with multiple sessions. Usually it's six to eight sessions. You know, it's hypnotherapy is not something I, I try to have as a dependent therapy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, maybe six to eight sessions, and there should be tremendous change in that person that's effective and lasting. And, uh, you know, I can kind of speak on, on that a little bit because um, we'll talk about it when we come back from the break, Janie, uh, uh, my little past life regression. But uh, just this last time we, we got a chance to hang out for a bit, you did a quick hypnotherapy session with me in which you asked me to locate you know, where this heaviness was. And it was really, really crazy because it was like somebody had put a weight right below my neck and right above, you know, where my heart is situated. And I remember you were telling me, okay, you know, feel it and then move it out. You were guiding me through this. And it was pretty crazy because I used to be one of those people that thought, well, I can't get hypnotized. And boy, the first time that I was with you, <laughs> you, you proved me deep. wrong. You went very, <laughs> and very. And the second time, <laughs> and the second time, which, you know, honestly, it was a really straight to the point session. It was quick. However, I was able to, to get pretty close to, to the place where I was before. Um, in a short amount of time. So, I mean, I, I think two things are going on here. Number one, uh, you, it proves what you're saying. And number two, it also is a testament of, uh, you know, how good you are at what you do. Because I'm telling you, I was one of those people that honestly didn't think I could be hypnotized. Thank you for saying 
Frank. And you just needed to know what your what type of suggestible you were, you are, and what type of inductions work best for you. Let me ask you something, Jane, because on this show, as you know, we, we talk to a lot of people um, and we talk about some really, you know, fascinating topics, one of them being issues of, you know, alien abduction. You know, we, we've talked to people who have investigated it. We've talked to people who have lived it. And one thing that you hear a lot when you talk about this topic is the issue of uh, hypnosis. They go back to the moment where it happened because a lot of times they don't remember. My question with that is how reliable are the memories that, that you tap into when you uh, use uh, hypnosis or hypnotherapy? In this way, that's a fabulous question. Um, you know, there's a lot of ethics um, that go into becoming a hypnotherapist, and knowing that you know the subconscious mind is, is is so very powerful, and and I know that, and I I don't um, I don't I don't play with fire, you know, yeah. as a hypnotherapist. I'm very very careful, mm-hmm. and one of the areas one of the most important areas um, in that subconscious realm is your memory library, uh, the things that you have have gone through in your life, mm-hmm. and going back into memories. And and this is this is not just to say eliminating memories, but actually going back and reliving them through through hypnotherapy mm-hmm. can be very very detrimental. Wow. And, uh, and it can be extremely difficult um, for for that person that's going through it. Oh wow! Very traumatizing. So when I have seen, uh, you know, these, you know, alien alien abduction um, segments, and, and and you know, they go through hip, hypnosis, yeah. to recall. Um, personally, in my line of work, it's not something that I would do. Are there mm-hmm. hypnotherapists out there that would? Yes, but I wouldn't. And the reason why is because, number one, it's very easy um, when you're in that subconscious realm to kind of go down a rabbit hole. And when you go down the rabbit hole and you're trying to determine real experiences that you've had, live them again, those details can get a little muddled. Mm. And you can start to not know how to separate imagination from actual fact. Wow. Okay. And so it's it can be very dangerous to do that. You can bring someone into a place where they start to create memories. Mm. You don't want mm-hmm. Yeah. You do not want them to come awake again and say, "Oh, so this happened." So that that goes for you know alien encounters. That would certainly go for something. Uh, perhaps someone who who reaches out and says, "I think that I was molested as a child." Uh, I really want to go back to, you know, the weekend of, of Labor Day, uh, 1975 mm-hmm. at my Girl Scout camp, you know, because I think something happened. Right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that, not for a moment, because they can create false memories very easily mm-hmm. in that subconscious journey. Mm-hmm. And that's not at all what you want to do. What I would do is I would say, Consciously, let's have this conversation about what symptoms you are having mm. due to the possibility of okay. this molestation. Right. And then let's go into the subconscious realm and let's work on your symptoms because mm-hmm. that is a fact. That is a known. Mm-hmm. I do not work with unknowns gotcha. because in the subconscious realm, you are going down the rabbit hole and you could very 
easily open the door of imagination rather than the door of memory Mm -hmm. and not know one from the other because you're not used to going down these halls. You don't, you know, you're not, we're not doing hypnosis all the time every day since we were kids. So you're going into these hallways and all these doors and unlocking things that you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you got to be careful with that. You know, we're going to go to break here in just a few minutes. Uh, When we come back, I want to let people know that they need to stick around because we're going to talk about some, you know, really, really interesting stuff. There's already a question about astral projection. I want to talk to you about spiritual imagery. And of course, I want to get into dream therapy and obviously uh, past life regression, which is what I got to experience the first time. But before we, you know, before we go, we go to break, let me ask you something, because this is this is a case that on this show has baffled us uh, from day one, and it's, it's something that, that hits pretty close to home considering the proximity of the uh, location. But are you familiar with the case of Elisa Lamb, the, the young Canadian lady that, that was found dead in the yeah. Cecil Hotel? Obviously, you know, the, the, the hotel is getting a lot of publicity right now with the premiere the of... Story. I'm sorry? The American Horror Story. Yeah, correct. The, 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 new, yeah. Uh, the new season. And I'm reading that, yeah. you know, people are going in there and, and getting rooms and, and things of that nature. Obviously, you know, we have our theories as to, as to what happened from conversations that we've had before. I know that you're very keen on vibrations, you know, positive vibrations, negative vibrations, you know, lower ones and higher ones and things yeah. of that nature. What does your, you know, your gut or your instinct tell you about that particular case? Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, you know, the Cecil Hotel just has such a history of very heavy negative um, energy um, experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes way back. And I I just know that there was definitely something, to me, it feels like it was a very evil encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there is some kind of a cover up, most definitely. Because, right. you know, things can, you know, when things don't make sense, they don't add up. I mean, we just when you when you have someone who who was nowhere to be found and mm-hmm. then suddenly quite easily found, you know, in, yeah. in a place that she should have been able to be seen um, during the first investigation or the fact that she was found be, behind locked doors and these kinds of things. That, that there's a cover-up. There's something going on there that we're not being told. And um, and I don't think every crime is evil, but I would certainly say this one is. Mm-hmm. I definitely would say that this one is. I think some mm-hmm. crimes, you know, you can chalk up to a moment of passion or you know, anger or, you know, some kind of a mental disorder, but this just feels evil with a capital E. And I don't really know where else to say other than, you know, Mm -hmm. what a, what a terrible mystery. And, and it, does this girl even exist? I mean, I don't know. Right. So much. Um, much. It's funny because I was, I was reading the news this week about it and uh, um, they were saying that I guess the Cecil is going to have security in place to make sure that there are no paranormal investigations going on at the hotel. If you were still doing paranormal investigations, do you see yourself going to that hotel and trying to figure out what happened? You know, um, with paranormal investigating, I, I I loved it for so many reasons because I felt like I was able to connect with the other side mm-hmm. in a really good and positive way. And I felt a lot of, you know, people would say, gosh, doesn't that scare you when you, when you would, you know, get these EVPs and these connections and yeah. these apparitions. And it didn't scare me. It gave me a sense of peace, and it made me feel like, wow, 
not that I needed the validation, but how wonderful to know that, that, that I was right or that so many of us are right, that there right. is a, there is an afterlife. With that said, Frank, mm-hmm. the Cecil Hotel is not a place that I would go. And the reason why is, again, I have this sense that it is evil. And I don't mm-hmm. mess with that. Yeah. I don't mess with that. Uh, and the paranormal to me is not evil. I, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of unknowns. There are right. certainly um, negative spirits or confused spirits in both. But when you're talking about an evil entity or energy mm-hmm. or property or space or portal, no. I I am staying so far away from the Cecil Hotel. I'm I mean, I live yeah. here in the city, you know, I've lived down the block from it. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to live in downtown L.A. a couple of years ago, and it's just not a place I would even step anywhere near. Yeah, I would have to um, agree. Uh, we have our own reservations <laughs> when it comes to yeah, to going to, to that place in particular, because, yeah, there's, there's some really funky stuff going on in that hotel. But, Janie, tell you what, if you don't mind hanging on the line, we're going to play a couple of songs here, uh, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to dive back into the conversation. Check this one out. I, I picked this next song, Janie, because I know you you, you did a little pun uh, a while back on your Instagram account with this song, <laughs> with this song title. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna go with that, and then we're going to play an, uh, another song, and then we're going to come back. So um, stick around. Okay. Janie, if you could hang on the line. You got it. Awesome. And for uh, all our listeners at home, uh, just hang tight. We're We're going to be right back with Janie, a hypnotherapist extraordinaire. We're talking about some really deep and crazy stuff when it comes to hypnosis and hypnotherapy, dispelling some rumors and solidifying some facts so you don't want to go too far. Enjoy this one. You know, a little bit of Aerosmith. Janie's got a gun.
What's up, guys? This is Jorge Diaz of Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. And you're listening to West of the Rockies with Frank. This portion of the show is sponsored by Haunted Orange County, your premier source for all things haunted in and around OC. From haunted history ghost walks to ghost group hunting expeditions at some of SoCal's most haunted destinations. Make your fall plans early and book an upcoming tour or investigation today. Visit hauntedoc.com. To the second hour, West of the Rockies, I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late, but boy, are we having a good time tonight uh, with our guest, uh, Janie. Janie, can you hear us okay? I can hear you. Awesome. And uh, for the people at home, uh, you just heard a little bit of Aerosmith. <laughs> Sorry about that. Rewind. I uh, just heard a little <laughs> bit of uh, Aerosmith with... Um, uh, a song that, like I said, it sounds pretty close to Janie's name, and you know she did a little yeah. thing on her Instagram, and I thought it was pretty clever. It was really clever, and I wanted to to play that song because last time you were here, I forgot. I think. <laughs> so. Right. You know, it's it's funny because uh, Janie Jan, Janie's got a gun uh-huh. was my Instagram name uh-huh. for a couple of years. Yeah. And then as the the whole gun controversy has just gotten bigger. Oh yeah. Said, you know yeah. what? I think I'm going to go ahead and change it, but <laughs> love the song, love Aerosmith, so that was Yeah, no, they're pretty great. <laughs> and after that, we heard um, a song called uh, Beat of My Heart by Spring Terry, and you can check out her music at springterrymusic.com. And, uh, and Janie, you sent us that track, and it's a, it's a really cool track. What can you tell us about Spring and, and her music? Well, you know, I'm I am very partial to Spring. She's my partner. My mm-hmm. partner's almost six years. Um, and she's congrats, congrats. She's, yes, thank you. Well, she's so great. She's a songwriter and mm-hmm. she's a music teacher. She's teaching kids now and adults. Um, pretty much all the strings. So, ukulele, um, bass, guitar, but she does keyboard as well and some vocal vocal um, lessons. So she's music across the board. She makes and masters. She does it all. Nice. And she really loves this like electronic, rock, pop. She kind of covers across the board, um, you know, different genres and tries to mix them in with one another. So I'm, I'm really impressed with what she does and she's very innovative and she's a, she's a rocker. So you gotta love it. You gotta love yeah. the female rocker. And no, absolutely. Nothing better, you know. No, she's super yeah, cool and super talented. Out. And yeah, the the website is springterrymusic.com. Check it out. You know, here yeah. at West of the Rockies, yeah. we like to support real indie artists. Real quick, before I forget, let's do a quick round of uh, social media. As always, Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockies on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at WOTIRadio.com. And the website, of course, is WOTIRadio.com. Sorry, the Twitter was at WOTIRadio. Sometimes the autopilot fails me. Uh, Genevieve Uway on Twitter, and you can catch her on her very own show here Thursday nights. No out of flavors, music, jokes, facts, and a whole lot more. Tune in for that. Janie, where can people find you on social media? So uh, Twitter, you can go to hypno underscore J. That's J-A-Y. 
Um, you can YouTube, you can type in Journey with Jamie Hypnotherapy and you'll find my YouTube channel where you can start um, practicing self-hypnosis right there. I'll, I'll take you on a journey right in the comfort of your own home. Uh, several videos that you can nice. find there. Um, Facebook, you, same thing, Journey with Jamie Hypnotherapy. And my website is journeywithjamie.com and Janie is J-A-Y-N-I there's no E on the end so it's an unusual spelling I'll make sure that was very clearly spelled so you find your way so it's J-A-Y-N-I Journey with Janie Awesome. And uh, and don't worry, folks, if you missed uh, the website or anything like that, we'll be posting it at the end of the show. Now, this is the part of the show, Janie. Usually when we don't have a guest, right, we, we need to fill time. <laughs> we usually have a segment here, which has been uh, quite, you know, it's become quite the crowd favorite, which is, you know, uh, we call it, well, I started calling it the Genevieve Irvin's Dictionary Corner because we all know, you know, she's from England. She has that, that, that posh little accent. And we love to hear her say, funny borderline risque words and so people send their words and she says them now tonight we're not gonna do that though tonight we're not gonna do that got quite a few entries i know i know i know we're gonna have to do that next week because tonight i want to take that space to uh actually wish genevieve a very happy birthday So happy birthday to you. Not in this country. Happy birthday, dear. Because they always forget the name. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Happy birthday, Genevieve. Thank you for all the Urban Dictionary (laughs) madness that you bring and all the fun that uh, you bring to the show. Uh, It's... uh, Genevieve, happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. so special. You're, You're a very special spirit, soul energy all of it love 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 being around you and you're you're Aww. amazing thank so you happy, so happy much birthday. that means yeah. a lot coming from you <laughs> yeah i wish i could say nice words like that genevieve I but know. it's hard. yeah it's, it's just yeah. it's fine <laughs> i've got genie your card is nice in the mail things. the card is yeah, in the mail <laughs> it should arrive sometime <laughs> next week no seriously uh happy birthday genevieve and and yeah of course uh, for this tomorrow, show, but you know. this show uh <laughs> definitely has has benefited from uh having you on so yeah i just wanted to take Aww. a few minutes to to say that all right and no of all the all the all this you know love oh. fest going on let's get let's get back into into the swing of things because i know we had a lot of questions and i apologize we haven't forgotten about them genevieve do you have some of those questions um yes so um thinking back um professor madness was asking about astral projection and i guess you know partly in general what are your thoughts or perhaps even encounters with um astral projection secondly also can you know hypnotherapy help with the astral plane or even put someone into, you know, this state of mind? I, I love astral projection and the conversation is always so, uh, so rich, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, which is the stories that you can hear and read about. As a child, I had experiences with it a couple of times. I have a brother who is, um, he's my biological brother. And the reason I say that is because I'm adopted. So that is, that statement is very important for me, you know, the Mm -hmm. biological factor. And, um, so I grew up in a home with several siblings, but he was the only one that shared my blood. I mean, he was the only person in the whole house that shared my blood. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're, I, I think they call us Catholic twins, although we weren't born into the Catholic family, but we're 12 months apart almost to the day. So we were very, very close in age. Um, And we had just an incredible connection. We 
we had um, gone through a lot of trauma together until we were adopted. And oh, wow. after the adoption, we started astral traveling together. We would oh, have, wow. Um, wow. we would meet each other in our dreams. Even though we were in the same home, mm-hmm. we would be across the hall from each other and sleeping in different bedrooms. We would wake up and be able to to tell each other where we had been. I mean, we, we knew that we had been together and, and I would quiz him and he would quiz me or we'd finish each other's sentences and and it was very clear that we had been in the same spot. Oh, wow. 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 You know, so that happened, that happened, I, I can remember very clearly this happening twice. Could have happened more, mm-hmm. but I have two very clear memories of sitting there and talking to him and we were very young. I mean, we were seven and eight. Oh, wow. At the time, so we were very young. Do you feel that younger people are maybe more open to um, astral projection? Maybe because their minds are still a little clearer? Yes, I do. I think that um, the, the youth, the children, uh, they're, they're, they still kind of know, you know, they don't necessarily need the the cookie crumbs to find their way. They, they, they've taken these paths so recently, you know, they've been yeah. on the other side. They've, you know, so they kind of know and they trust and they understand. We are get so, again, that critical mind that I mentioned uh-huh. in our earlier segment is, it, it comes into play here. You know, that critical mind is developed between nine and 10 years old. That critical mm-hmm. mind that that is the um, deciding factor, and it and it analyzes and it critiques, and we have the willpower, and all of that is under the umbrella of the critical mind. Mm-hmm. So before nine or ten, you don't have that critical mind. You're not analyzing. You're just accepting, and that can be detrimental too for parents who who are verbally. Um, and or physically abusive, you know, when, you, right. when you're doing this to a child under the age of nine or 10, well, any, obviously any person at any age is a terrible thing, but under the age of, of nine or 10, it's exceptionally detrimental because there is no critical mind. The child takes it in as truth, whatever they're hearing, whatever they're seeing before nine or 10, before that critical mind is developed, they, it's, it's absolutely the truth. It's mm-hmm. fact. It's what it is. So if they're told they're not good enough or not smart enough or they're mm-hmm. not cute enough, not good enough, they keep that train of thought through their adulthood. Wow. Wow. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so Neil and I, my brother Neil, mm-hmm. um, we had been through so much already. I mean, we had oh been through, by the time we were seven and eight, we'd been through what some people never experienced in a whole lifetime. And, uh, and so we just, we had that, we had that bond, you know, mm-hmm. already. And we didn't know what safe was, you mm-hmm. know, and even though we had just been adopted, we still didn't quite know that we were safe or trusted that we were safe. So we would, and it was a nonverbal agreement. It was just something mm-hmm. that happened. I never talked to him about it. We would just go to sleep and um, we would wake up knowing that we had been together in a dream. Now, one other part of it is that um, I would try to get into his bedroom every night, and mm-hmm. and I would pull him out of his bed, and this was consciously. I would pull him out of his bed to come and sleep with me. And wow. this happened night after night after night. And my adopted mom mm-hmm. eventually caught on, and, you know, and she thought, well, this isn't appropriate. You know, you shouldn't 
need to sleep together. And, and it was nothing more than the fact that we just, we were all we had, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's when the astral traveling started is when my mom put a stop to mm-hmm. me going and getting him and bringing him into my room or curling up into his bed with him. So once there that barrier was created where we couldn't physically be together while we slept, we would astral travel. A friend of mine introduced me to the work of, I believe his name is Robert Monroe, who went on to found the, the Monroe Institute. And it seems that there they um, teach people how to astral project and, and do things of that nature. I guess he, he, he developed a systematic uh, method to do this. Uh, and it's really fascinating because there are stories from people that they have astral projected you know, they, they talk to their spirit guys or they, they visit with like alien like entities and things of that nature. Are those things that you can do while you astrally project? And my, my business is Journey with Jamie because I create journeys, different types of journeys. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the journeys that I have is a journey to your wise and loving being mm-hmm. and a wise and loving space. Mm-hmm. And that is an astral projection. That is you traveling outside of even your, even the subconscious realm that we know within ourselves Mm -hmm. and our being and, and going else, physically going there, being there. And I, I then guide you to call to your wise and loving being. And I, I say it that way because everyone has their own, um, name for or description of that divine other, whatever that is for them, whether that's mm-hmm. God or angels or a loved one that's passed on or just a light or it's an animal. Um, you know, it could just be a, a sense about, it could be a tree. I mean, it could be lots of different things. So I don't, I don't say, well, I want you to call on your angel because that may not be what that person likes to perceive as their wise and loving. Mm-hmm. So, right. I have them astral travel, astral project themselves to that place. And that is a really special journey. And it's one that allows you, the person that is going through that journey, to to go outside of yourself, go to that place, physically go there, emotionally go there, spiritually go there, and ask for answers to Hmm. some very important questions. And I give you time to do that. I say, do you, do you see that being there? And I'll get some kind of an affirmation and then, okay, I want you to ask that question. And there's generally tears, you know, streaming down their faces physically because it is a very powerful journey. Wow. Um, Because they're not in their body anymore, anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. their spirit has, has gone to that safe place. Right. Right. No, that's, Honestly, like fascinating. And um, one more question from before the break, actually, um, regarding hypnotherapy. Tony Merlo in the chat was asking how alcohol affects people, you know, on their journey. Well, it's, it, you know, when I have a client and we've scheduled a session, I am um, not even caffeine is something that I really try very hard to ask them not to to intake um, that morning or that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have to have a coffee, it's like, a, you know, just a few few sips, if you will, because otherwise it, it really does um, aggravate the journey mm-hmm. and it keeps, you know, it can be very difficult. Alcohol, most definitely, is something that is going to blur the lines and it's going to 
um, keep you suspended in a conscious realm. Alcohol, as much as we might want to think that that's our escape, it's not at all. You're mm-hmm. very much still in your conscious realm. You're just numbing. It's a, it's a numbing agent. Mm-hmm. It's not an escape. It's, it's not a, the escape that people want to think that it is. And it certainly um, hinders the process. If you are, um, if you drank the night before and you didn't mm-hmm. rest well enough, um, if you're still hungover, if you still have some of the alcohol in you, the sugars and alcohol will affect you. Mm. Um, caffeine will affect you. So I, so you know, I, I very often, um, you know, if I'm having a, um, especially a first timer, you know, I tell them. Please don't go out tonight and stay up late. Please mm-hmm. get some, you know, rest. Um, have a balanced meal, uh-huh. and and I and I would like for them to eat something in the morning too before they come to see me or that afternoon because if if their um, blood sugar level is off, mm-hmm. if they're hypoglycemic or hydroglycemic or all of these things can be serious factors that will keep them in their conscious realm and um, slow down that process of letting go. Wow. Mm-hmm. Professor Mann is a, has, a, has a question here. In regards to people that use uh, marijuana, you know, uh, our country is in a very interesting time right now with the legalization of marijuana already in, in, in a few states um, and obviously being legal uh, with a prescription. Is it not recommended then for uh, an individual to use uh, something like marijuana to help them relax and get into that that zone, maybe they feel that's that's why they need it. You know, again, it's um, it's it's very it's very close to alcohol, though I would say that um, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. marijuana, you know, it's it's much better for you um, for a lot of reasons. Right, mm-hmm. right. But it still does the same thing as far as keeping you in the conscious realm. And mm. again, it's it's. It's the misconception that it's my escape, right. you know, and I and I get to escape conscious thinking. You're not no. actually escaping conscious. You're still very much in the conscious realm. You're just quieting. You're numbing. You're you're still there though. You you know and and this this action of taking a journey into your subconscious mm-hmm. awareness mm-hmm. is something that takes two people. It takes myself as the hypnotherapist, and right. it takes the client that gives that nonverbal agreement and makes that choice and goes with follows me follows my voice right. follows my direction and goes if you're in um you know a, a state of you know high because you've had you know you've smoked weed or mm-hmm. you've, you've consumed alcohol um you're not as able to make those decisions as clearly mm-hmm. and say, okay, I am definitely letting go. And it, it definitely hinders the process. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not something that I recommend. Yeah. Can, can you still be hypnotized? Sure. Yeah. But it, it, it takes a lot longer. What about cocaine? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> any kind of um, substance, like any kind of drug. Right. Alcohol, of course. It, it really can do the same thing. So I, I highly recommend against it. Now, now that said, Frank, uh-huh. um, if, if, so, if I'm contacted about a drug or an alcohol addiction mm-hmm. and I 
being asked to help someone and alleviate that addiction through hypnosis, my answer would be, I'm sorry, ethically, it is not for me to do. I am not a a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is not my profession. Um, Any kind of, um, I, I, I do... Uh, you know, I do anything that's vocational or avocational. So that that is not going to be under the realm of of alcohol or drug abuse and addiction. That would need to be something that a rehab, a medical doctor would need to assist with, detox, that kind of a thing. Right. So I would I would ask that that happen first. Now, do I work with people who are in rehab or who are in some type of a program with a with a, a medical professional? Mm-hmm. Yes. But only with, um, you know, I would definitely need to have a referral from the doctor stating that, you know, that they are under some type of program and that they're using my services basically to help them relieve their stress through the process. Right. You know, to give them clarity, to help them manifest the new life that they want. But am I going to cure them from their um, alcohol abuse? Uh, an addiction or mm-hmm. their drug addiction? No. Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't be ethical for me to do that. No, I see. So. I saw a comment in the chat room by Tony Merlo um, uh, when we were talking about kids and kids, you know, being more open to these things. And he asked if it's because their uh, pineal gland is it's less calcified, more or less. Um, mm. What are your thoughts on the on the pineal gland and does it play a role when it comes to hypnotherapy and, and all the things that you can do like astrally? project and, and meditation and things of that nature. You and I talked about that a little bit the first time we, we had a, a show. Mm-hmm. I, I, to be honest with you, learned more about that from you than I think you did from me. And I found it really fascinating. I mean, you really had a lot of information. Have I read about it a little bit? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I think that was really, really fascinating. But I'm not entirely sure how it would, how mm-hmm. it may or may not affect. Um, obviously, uh, there's still a lot that's, that is being studied about mm-hmm. hypnosis and why it is so effective. I mean, and it's an effective rate mm-hmm. is, you know, off the chart and, and why, you know, why people are actually able to go through surgical procedures and not have, anest- you know, anesthetics because maybe they're allergic to them and right. they're able to use hypnosis. I mean, we know how powerful it is, but, but why it works that way mm-hmm you know, is, is still something that's being studied. And, um, you know, talking about the, the glare, I, you know, I don't really know how, mm-hmm. how that may or may not affect it. I mean, it's a very interesting topic and, and, a, and a really good question. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people believe that this is, you know, a very key membrane in our body. And uh, a lot of people believe that when we drink water, uh, and here in the U.S., I'm sure you've heard of, you know, the fluoride in the water. A lot of people believe that that kind of yeah. calcifies the, the pineal gland, and, and therefore it makes us, you know, uh, it, it begins to close us up from the spiritual realm. Right. Now, where the third eye is. Correct. Question mm-hmm. is, are there certain things, maybe like dietary advice that you can give? Is, is Because I've noticed that hypnotherapy has a lot of things in common with Eastern disciplines like Buddhism and stuff. And obviously they lead a very disciplined lifestyle from what they eat and how they go about their daily routine. Is there something like that for hypnotherapy or do you recommend people maybe have a, a, a similar practice as the Buddhists to help them with this? You know, as far as the, the, the types of foods that, we're, that, that people are ingesting, unfortunately we just live in a world where, you know, we have food-like 
items, not a lot of food, right? <laughs> that know? is the best, the best, uh, yeah, way of, of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> food-like yeah, items. Food-like <laughs> items. You know, um, we don't eat food anymore. We haven't eaten food in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's true. You know, it, it, when I when I work with a lot of my clients on mood swings, mood disorders, uh, even depression and that type of thing, a lot of times I'm I'm working with them on um, blood sugar levels. Mm. You know, I'm not really the person that's going to say you need to go on this kind of diet and eat this kind of food. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to let you as an adult to know what you should and shouldn't be eating. But right, right. But when we eat. You know, I find, you know, and I can even be guilty of this sometimes. I'll get up and I'll get my day going. And by noon, I'm realizing I've really not had anything. You know, I haven't sat down and had a breakfast or mm-hmm. anything nutritional. And um, and so that's kind of been my big, you know, thing this this year is getting a, a real grip on that and, and making sure that my blood sugar levels are being cared after that I'm, I'm considering right. my body when I wake up in the morning that I need because that makes a big difference and I think people mm-hmm. don't realize sometimes yeah. how much of a difference that makes that if you let your blood sugars drop mm-hmm. you are so right Genevieve it's women especially yeah. even that <laughs> it's like we just get so aggravated you can hardly handle anything you're just like you're shaky you're on you're, you're nervous yeah. you're um frustrated and it really just has to do with the fact that you should have eaten two hours ago mm-hmm. you know and um and so that's a that's a big conversation that i have that mm-hmm. i have with my clients um on the flip side of that as well if i have someone that is coming to me for um weight loss mm-hmm. i am not contrary to what might be believed i'm not going to put them in my hypno chair, snap my finger and say, you're going to be 20 pounds lighter in 30 days. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work that way. Right. As a matter of fact, I don't put them on a diet at all because the last thing that I want to do is put them on something that's going to make them feel guilty or pull away right. that they're, they're, you know, their yummy foods and their treat treats that they love so much and have them lie to me and sneak around right. or midnight or whatnot. So what I do is I think, okay, why are we overeating? Why mm-hmm. are you not caring about yourself? Where mm-hmm. is that coming from? We start getting into some deep, deep stuff. Yeah. And once we start really getting into the root of why they're overeaters or why mm. their their body is reflecting such uh, depressed state and an uncaring state. Uh-huh. Then I work on the symptoms. And once I start working on the symptoms and letting them return back to loving themselves, mm-hmm. they start putting themselves on their own diet. I have a, a guy that start, he started seeing me for stuttering, 55 years old. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. been stuttering his whole life, severely so. Within two weeks, stutter's completely gone. Nobody wants wow. to figure it out. He doesn't stutter anymore. Suddenly now, Without even coming to me for weight loss, he's lost 25 pounds. Oh, wow. He's just suddenly, it's like everything else about his life. He's starting mm-hmm. to fell in love with his wife again. They're, you know, they have this tremendously beautiful love life that they, they weren't even sharing a bedroom for the last three years. Wow. Now wow. they have a love life. So it's like they start with one thing. And when they start to really care about themselves again mm-hmm. and put that attention on themselves, suddenly what 
you know, you're, you're basically, you're, you're allowing your subconscious mind to write that prescription. Yeah. Your yeah. subconscious mind is the doctor that says, well, you're in here because you have a sore throat, but guess what? You also have kidney stones and you, you know, and you have guilt. So we're going to deal with these things too. And that's basically what happens. They come wow. in for one thing and all of a sudden they're working on three or four things without even realizing it. Wow. Pretty powerful stuff, yeah. Uh, I think people seem to forget that, you know, at the core of their problem usually is is some form of unhappiness, you know, with yeah. themselves or with something. Right. So, um, right. it, yeah, it mm-hmm. seems like you help them solve that one thing, which, you know, the secondary aspects are then solved on their own. Yeah, it reminds me of, of uh, what a music teacher told me once a while back. I was trying to, like, you know, master this difficult part in a song, and he told me, don't get frustrated, keep working on it, because once you master that, you'll find that you're going to improve in your overall playing. And it's almost like the same principle seems to apply here. If you can overcome this obstacle, and, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Janie, but I don't know if it, you just uh, find the confidence within yourself to make the changes that you've been wanting to make, or it you know maybe just makes it that much easier you know, having this obstacle out of the way, it allows you to tackle another. Um, is that kind of mm-hmm. kind of the way uh, it sounds, right? You nailed it. That's exactly right. Once you know that you can do one thing, suddenly the other three or four things are no longer as daunting. Mm-hmm. You realize, wow, I did this. You know, and they see that the process isn't what they thought. You know, it isn't me snapping my finger and it's magic and it's end for them and the, the, the new thing begins, they, they did it. I mm-hmm. guided them, but it's their subconscious mind that manifested right. the, new, the new behaviors and the new thoughts. And they are so profoundly taken by that. It's such a, an amazing thing for them to go, this man, this mm-hmm. example I'm getting, you know, who stuttered severely. Yeah. I mean, I could hardly understand him the first time we spoke. Mm-hmm. And it's gone. It's completely 100% gone. And it's because we were able to determine where that stems from. And from mm-hmm. there, everything else is falling into place now. Nice. You know, and, uh, yeah, and it's, and that's really what it is. It's like Genevieve just said, it's, it's so emotional. It's, and that's why my business is Journey with Janie. It's a journey. It's not a snap. And it's not snap of the finger with Janie. It's journey with Janie. It's right, a journey. And right. It really is something that people don't even realize. They don't know what it's going to look like. They don't know what's going to come up. But I promise you, and uh, I promise the listeners, it's a, it's, it's a very soothing, gentle, nurturing process. There's nothing stark, scary, harsh, Mm-hmm. About it, nothing like that. It's it's it feels wonderful, and I think probably Frank. I I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. you've been through it a couple times with me, and I can't imagine you would describe it as anything but gentle and peaceful. Yeah, no, I I you um, always seem you know me looking yeah at you. You always seem right, very you um it. yeah. You, you mm-hmm. seem uh, relaxed afterwards, but also you know 
energized almost like yeah, refreshed. Yeah, there, there you, is you an do, afterglow. Yeah, you you're usually more positive and that. happier after. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. and if it's okay, we'll talk about that in just a second. I just want to get we got another pharmaceutical related question here. Um, they want me to ask you uh, if people under the influence of LSD are more prone to hypnosis. And obviously, you know, we we're talking about Charles Manson earlier, and we know that uh-huh. he messed around with LSD, and that's how he got his followers to to do uh-huh. you know the crime that they did. Obviously, you know, you already said that alcohol, marijuana, even caffeine and sugars are like a big no-no. I would imagine something like LSD would probably be uh, not advisable when trying something like this. Right. Well, you know, um, I would agree, yes. And I think that LSD is slightly different because you, you really are on quite the journey, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, with LSD. But I don't believe, and I, you know, I, I will honestly say that I'm not someone who can raise their hand and, and say I have had experience with it myself right. personally, but mm-hmm. I have witnessed it mm-hmm. and what I've read about it, what I understand about it. Um, you're not really in control of that journey yeah. either. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're on a journey that it will end when it ends and, yeah. and what will happen happens. Um, and, 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 and this goes back to the truth about what hypnosis is. Mm-hmm. Hypnosis is a nonverbal agreement mm-hmm. to go on a journey that you, in fact, are using to gain back control. Right. Not to have control ripped from you. Right, that right. That's not what a hypnotherapist does. So LSD is you go on a journey and you're just going to go and you, you resign to yeah. whatever that will be. And whenever that will end, mm-hmm. that's not how it is with hypnosis. Yeah, it seems you like are with saying, "I'm doing this, yeah, and I want to be in control." So yeah, and I was just gonna use the the metaphor of a, of a car almost, right? And it, it seems like on LSD or any other type of a stimulant, if your goal is to 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 have the benefits of hypnotherapy, it seems that if you use any kind of substance, it's more like you become the uh, the passenger as opposed to hypnotherapy, where you know you're you're driving the car and you got a co-pilot so to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliantly put. That is brilliantly put. That is exactly right. It's a matter of whether you are in the driver's seat or whether you're in the passenger seat. And, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the trusted voice. I'm the, I'm the, the, be, the very best friend that you, you know, you can trust and stays mm-hmm. with you through the journey. And I think a lot of people are surprised that through the process, as deep as they go, they will still wake and say, I heard you mm-hmm. for most of it, if not all of it. Somewhere you were in there. I could hear your voice. And that's surprising. You know, they think, I, I didn't think I was supposed to hear you. Or was I supposed to hear you? Mm-hmm. And it's, yes, because you're, you're in control. And, and I'm not overpowering you or your mind. I'm right. not going to make you blackout. Um, the, the, the blackouts, that, that whole sort of Hollywood blackout for hip, hypnosis, comes from um, about two to five percent of people who are who are referred to as somnambulists. These are uh-huh. people who generally were um, sleepwalkers as children. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, as adults, when they're hypnotized, they're generally they go very very deep to the point where they go to sleep. And that's always kind of funny because then they'll wake and say, "Well, I don't know, it didn't work. I fell asleep." And I kind of smile <laughs> a little bit because <laughs> I think, well, you know. You were in hypnosis. That's exactly what hypnosis is at its deepest level: is sleep. So, um, mm-hmm. but in, but you know, to just make it very clear that even in that state, no matter how deep you go, if you do go to that state of complete, I'm out, I'm asleep, I'm gone, 
your subconscious mind is wide awake and it's hearing everything. So if you That's ever want true. to tell your, your lover, your partner, your wife, your husband, something that's very important, mm-hmm. wait for them to be in, you know, in, in their deepest sleep <laughs> and start whispering <laughs> in their ear because their subconscious mind is highly suggestible. So if you want him or her to uh-huh. do something special for you, that would be the time to, <laughs> that would be the time to tell them. <laughs> oh boy. So. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I, I, there's a little uh, fun experiment for people to try. Let me ask you about past life regressions. The, you know, when, when I first went to see you in hopes of learning more about hypnotherapy, one of the first things I, I asked about was, uh, you know, a past life regression. You know, I've, I've been fascinated by it and I thought it was something that I wanted to try. It was a pretty big undertaking. When I look back on it now, perhaps maybe it wasn't, you know, the best, the best thing to start off with. But I do remember everything you you know you you've been telling people you don't lose consciousness you don't lose control you're totally aware of what's going on uh but in 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 a very strange way you are uh, operating on a different level in my case like i just said you know i wanted to to try that it's it's something that fascinated me but why would somebody want to do something like a past life regression well so so much of of our um unwanted thoughts and behaviors are not things that we can um, tether to this lifetime. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's past lives. If you believe in that, which I do um, strongly, uh, that it's it's past lives that we need to be looking at. It's, mm. it's residuals. It's, it's the things that we still just haven't figured out how to let go. It's karma. It's mm-hmm. uh, repeated offenses, you know, the things that wow. we just yeah. keep doing over and over again. So... Um, Finding now some things that are generally uh, shocking, you know, you know, it's, sometimes you're a different gender or, you know, you realize you find out how you died and it was something that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because it's a phobia that you have in mm-hmm. this life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that said, there's a difference between fear and phobia. And fear is something that um, occurs from an event that, in fact, happened to you in this lifetime. You know, if you were almost in a car accident on a freeway, you may now have a fear of driving on the freeway. Mm -hmm. Whereas a phobia is something that cannot be attached to something that happened in this lifetime. You know, I don't know why I can never go and walk across the bridge. I have never had any incidences that were scary or near death on a bridge Mm -hmm. that I can remember, but I can't get on a bridge. Um, That's a phobia. And so right. when we have a phobia, if you have a phobia of spiders, but you've never been bitten by a spider, if you have a phobia of falling, but you've never had a tremendously scary fall in this life, then mm. you need to start looking at past lives. Um, phobias will be attached likely to a past life. So it's a very powerful um, journey. I know, Frank, you experienced yeah. it yourself. Mm-hmm. Boy, did I. And it was <laughs> fascinating. It was, it was <laughs> honestly I I still talk about it with Genevieve. Like it always comes up, you know, every so often. Yeah. And for the people that don't know, I know I talked about it. You know, the the week after we went to see you for that, and I'll try to recap it uh, briefly. You know, after you you uh, helped me get into the uh, that the, the state of mind that will allow me to access these 
you know, type of memories. You were giving me instructions of what to do to look around you and, and to tell you what I was seeing. And even today when I was telling Genevieve, like, you know, just kind of refresh my memories of that session. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was telling me that, you know, she could see that I wasn't, apparently I was whispering. I was talking very softly, but Almost she like- was to yourself yeah, yeah and and but you were telling me that just the expressions in my face and and I, my i was moving my my head around and um, not, not no? moving your head but yeah you were like turning my you were very expressive you know mm-hmm. you could f- almost palpably you know feel and see the emotions coming through yeah and when uh janie asked me you know to see you know what was around me i saw what looked just uh i mean it looked like a a, a, a small um Almost like, like a shack. A yeah, it was like a farmhouse, a small farmhouse. And I remember very vividly that the, the grass was kind of overgrown. It was really tall grass, maybe up to my knees. And I was a, a small boy. I want, uh, you red-headed know. Red-headed boy? Yeah, a right. red-headed boy from what mm-hmm. I could gather. About seven or eight, yeah. you said, I think. I remember looking around and seeing this, um, this house and it was, it was almost like very picturesque. It's almost like, you know, when you buy those, uh, you know, those thousand piece puzzles with a really nice scene, <laughs> you know, a really nice scenery. It was mm-hmm. almost like that. It was, mm-hmm. it was really nice. It was like a mountain in the background and and I remember seeing the 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 fence made out of wood you know just these these this crude wood beams you know like you could tell it was made by hand with very you know like minimal tools if you will and I remember just standing there and you were telling me like how do you feel and I and I believe I said something along the lines of scared yeah uh, because I felt like there was something ominous uh, behind me and uh and it it turned out you know i, I that there was like a storm coming i remember saying something about a storm mm-hmm. and and w- this is the the part that that blew my mind that i i apparently in in that life um uh as a child or mm-hmm. well not as a child well, but at i guess that age, yeah. yeah but i i didn't reach uh uh, Beyond that, yeah, because you really. asked me, you know, let's fast forward uh-huh. to a later age, and I couldn't. Like yeah, there was no was, more. Right. And you fast forwarded to your last yeah, age. Yeah, I, which I, was I fast forwarded to the to the last moment of, of life. life in uh-huh. that body, and I remember going through like a tunnel and doing this whole crazy business. That I, I mean, I'm telling you, I still think about it, and and it was very. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it was a fascinating experience. I uh, I remember that I I told you afterwards, almost thinking out loud, if that's why I have a fear of uh, of water. I'm reading here something in the chat from Professor Madness, uh, who said, "Our memories in the genes," and and that's that's something really interesting, uh, Janie, that maybe uh-huh. you can tell me a little bit about because we've spoken to a, a past guest on the show, Eric Bondanikin, who, who a lot of people know from his books. And I, we were talking about some of, you know, some really, you know, heavy stuff and, and the issue of it's knowledge passed down in, in our DNA, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I always uh-huh. cite the example of when somebody sees a kid that plays an instrument really good and, and they'll go, oh yeah, you know, he comes from a family of musicians or a long family of musicians uh-huh. or a long family of this. It's almost like that skill seems to get passed down. Is that how maybe we manage to remember a past life? Do you think, uh, is there a possibility? That we might be seeing a relative, maybe a, 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 a distant relative, an ancestor of ours. Could it be that we might be seeing life through their eyes? And because it's our same DNA, we treat it like as a past life? Or do you, or from what you study and what you know, are we actually experiencing an, an independent past life? 
independent from our family lineage, that is. You know, I, I think that that's a, that's a really awesome and powerful question and, and something to really ponder. And I think that everyone will have their own take on that. Per- mm-hmm. Personally, for me, um, when I hear the words DNA and genes and genetics, Mm-hmm. Um, I think of a very physical realm. I think of cells and atoms and the, the physical bodies and what makes us who we are. And that separates me a little bit more from the idea mm-hmm. of of continued life over yeah. and over and over again in different bodies, in different countries, in different times, with different families. So um, those two don't marry very well for me when I think of past lives and memories and okay. And then when I think about genes and genetics, um, but that's me. I, I mm-hmm. just don't, I don't see them connecting very well. I, I think that memories, um, stay with the spirit of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the spirit, you know, the, the core, our light, who we, who we are in, in all of our essence and, and who we have been all along the way from the very beginning of our existence and mm-hmm. that will run eternal. Um, so I, you know, I think that most of us are made not to remember um, in the conscious realm in these physical bodies, because otherwise it would just be very confusing. And I, you know, I can only imagine, I think that, you know, Frank, you and I were having this conversation um, just a few days ago mm-hmm. about the fact that I think that we're not meant to know everything. I think, if we know everything, it it becomes detrimental to us because right. we need to be protected, you know. So I don't think we're meant to know um, all of our past lives. But every once in a while, through meditation, yoga, hypnotherapy, dreams, mm-hmm. uh, or just intuitive practice, just really getting, you know, sitting quiet with yourself and thinking mm-hmm. about what makes sense. What mm-hmm. makes sense to you? Mm-hmm. And um, I do have a, a past life memory that I know is very, very rare because I don't think most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, just I don't know that I ever had a dream about it. It's just been kind of a known for me since I was a very young child. Mm-hmm. But it's one of my earliest quote unquote memories, and yet it's not from this lifetime. Oh wow! And um, it's it's pretty graphic. Um, uh, pretty gruesome. I, I can remember being a baby, a very mm-hmm. young infant. Mm-hmm. And I'm outside at, at night. I'm being held by a man and there's lots of men around. Mm-hmm. And they're wearing uniforms. I mean, I can see that they're all wearing, as a baby, I don't know that that's uniform, but out of my baby eyes, I can mm-hmm. see that every man is wearing the same thing. Long cloak kind of um, oh, wow. buttoned up jacket. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um, from, from the neck all the way down. And um, there's lots of babies. And I hear crying everywhere. And I'm crying. And I'm cold. I remember being very cold and very uncomfortable and scared. I felt a lot of fear. And it's nighttime. And, and then there's just this glow, this like orange glow. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, I'm tossed up in the air. I'm actually tossed upward and I can feel myself fly up over the heads of the people and the other mm-hmm. babies. And then I'm falling down into a pit of fire, a oh huge my. pit of fire. 
and wow. other babies were being thrown in and were alive and weren't in. And I can remember actually feeling my head hit the side of something and oh, wow. and then it's just a blackout. Mm-hmm. So in this in this lifetime mm-hmm. I'm definitely afraid of fire, burning, wow. and falling. Both wow. of those things fire and falling have been just horrifying thoughts to me. I can't even wrap my head around Mm-hmm. dying that way. Oh you know? my God. So I do have a fear of heights and I have fear of fire, of flames and um, not not that I can't sit near a campfire but I right. certainly am very aware you know, that yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. get like pushed in or something. Um, I believe with all my heart because it was not until the eighth grade of this lifetime uh-huh. that I learned about the Holocaust and I right. was so enthralled with that. I just thought it was like I had to know everything. I had to read everything. I wanted to read it over and over again. Yeah. Right? I was fascinated and horrified all at once. And um, someone had recommended Ellie Wiesel's book called Night. Mm-hmm. And he's a, a survivor. He was a he was a teenage young teenage boy, thirteen or fourteen when he was in the concentration camp mm-hmm. with his family, mom, dad and sister. Yeah. Everyone in his family died but him. And he wrote this um, amazing award-winning book. And it was actually on Oprah's um, book club Mm -hmm. a few years ago. Anyhow, I read the book. And there is one page where he talks specifically about watching the SS soldiers standing at night holding these little babies. Oh, my God. And just tossing them alive into pits of fire. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is unbelievable. Chills. Yeah. Yeah. That's just crazy. No, I'm 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 speechless. Yeah. No, that's heavy. You know that this uh-huh. seems to tell me that since a young age you seem to, you know, be a little more open than most people to this realm, the spiritual realm, and um, and it seems like you know that that's how that's helped guide you in this life, and you know, become a more spiritual person because. You know, the, the things you tell me, things like astral projection and a memory or two from a past life is something that most people just cannot do and, you know, most don't even believe in. Yeah. Right. They don't even think about it as a possibility or mm-hmm. question it or, yeah, consider it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think, I think the more lives that people live, mm-hmm. um, the more opportunity they have to be open, as open-minded as, as the two of you are, as I hope to be, as I as I know that your listeners are and try to be. And we're all trying to, to get the answers, you know, and I don't have all the answers. I feel an intuition that, that pulls me towards what I believe to be my truth. And uh, I don't try to put that on anyone else. And that is why, again, what I do is I allow people to go on their own journey, to go on the journey that fits them and what they need um, for health and wellness and whatever they need to help them through this life. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. that means letting go of past lives, if that means changing the way that they think about themselves in this life, uh, changing unwanted habits, behaviors, uh, that's what I'm here to do. And nice. I hope to do. Um, quick programming note. Um, we started at tad late and we apologize for that. So we're going to go over just a, a few, a few short minutes, uh, to make sure that we give Janie the, the time that, that we, you know, allotted for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Genevieve, you had something. Um, yes, a few minutes ago, there was another question from Kong Pu in the chat room. Um, and it's regarding brain states. 
Um, the question is, is hypnotism most productive in the alpha state or maybe the theta state? I'm not sure well, if that's something it, you incorporate in your um, hypnotherapy as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, it, you know, you when you know, when you are able to, and I don't know how many people um, know about alpha and theta and, and those types of states of mind, but hypnosis can be done on any level. Um, and it can be done very lightly, very heavily. It can be done in alpha beta. It can, it can be done in the way that works best for you. Mm. And that kind of goes back to what I said in the earlier stages of the conversation that everybody is different and everybody will have a different right. type of induction and everyone has a different, um, you know, an awareness when they're in it. And, um, everyone will, some people are, do it better in the daytime. Some do it better at night. So, um, knowing those different stages, um, you know, of awareness, your subconscious and conscious awareness is a very powerful mm -hmm. thing. And if you know about that and you're educated in that, it, it just helps you even further, you know, to yeah. be successful, um, you know, through hypnotherapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Janie, have you tried hypnotizing or using hypnotherapy on yourself or is hypnotherapy something that has to be done between two people? I do self-hypnosis um, mm -hmm. at home. Um, I, I enjoy it very much. I don't listen to my own videos. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, you can't really tickle yourself. Right, That's right. kind of the thing, right? I don't really listen to my videos, um, but I so appreciate everybody who does and who enjoys it, and, and I get a mm -hmm. lot of positive feedback. Um, but, you know, I prefer, um, you know, to listen to other hypnotherapists, and I will put on their videos and, you know, um, close my eyes. And I, I enjoy doing that at night, right before I'm mm -hmm. going to bed. 30 minutes before you fall asleep, you're, you're highly suggestible. So whatever you want to do um, to, to tell yourself to try to manifest, that's the time to do it. And that goes way back. We have known this from, the, you know, the very beginning. I mean, mm -hmm. this is why people... Um, pray before they go to bed at night. They kneel at the end mm -hmm. of the side of their bed yeah. and they clasp their, their hands together and they pray. That's because that's the round to do it. They are manifesting what they're, what they need, want, and desire. That is the time. So 30 minutes before bed, make that your time. Turn off the television. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you know, go into that peaceful state. Yeah. Think about what your day looked like, what you might want to change. For mm -hmm. tomorrow, and um, and that's what I enjoy doing. So I'm I'm a big fan of, of it. Now, as far as a full, um, you know, full hypnosis, I I have definitely gone into, you know, I obviously have fellow friends mm -hmm. who are hypnotherapists who I who you know do do sessions on me. Not as often anymore, but I've had it done many times, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, and I think that you you make a very valid point of saying, you know, take the time to do this, even if it's, you know, like before bed or whenever people have a chance to, to have a, some quiet time. Because we live in a world right now where everything is competing for our attention, right? From our phones to our tablets, computers, you know, uh, friends, family, and and all that stuff. You know, there, there's people have busy lives, but... I like what you said right now that you should take the time, you know, and, and make this a part of, of your daily routine if you're serious about taking on uh, this journey, as you say, correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. 
That's exactly right. Yeah, uh, Janie, we're going to let you go in just a moment, but I got a, a two-part question because I don't want to let you go without you telling us a little, uh, even if it's just like a quick definition of these two terms that we see on your website that, that you help people with. Mm -hmm. One is right. uh, dream therapy and the other one is spiritual imagery. Can you tell us a little bit about those two things and what do they entail? Oh, oh yes. I love dream therapy. And I think it's a really powerful journey for, for those that are, um, that would like to connect more with what their dreams are telling them. You know, if you have a dream, mm -hmm. uh, interpretation book at home, I would say throw it away. Really? Throw those away. <laughs> I had oh, a really yeah. funny one, which was awful. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I bought of it from like course. the dollar section. <laughs> Oh, well, if we can laugh at it, then keep it so we can, you know, I'm kidding. Right. But, um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, for, for dream therapy um, and dream journeys, everybody's dreams are telling them something that's going to be different. If I dream mm -hmm. of a black house with, uh, with white trim um, and there's a stormy cloud over it, that is going to tell me something very different than what it might tell you, Genevieve. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it, because it's a symbol that my subconscious mind is telling me because it knows that I'm going to take it in a certain way. If I'm paying attention, it's going to say, ah, Janie's going to get this. This mm -hmm. one, Janie will know. I'm going to tell her like this because she's going to get it. And it might be something very different for you, Genevieve. Mm -hmm. uh, spiders is something that comes to me very often. Now, for me, um, I I tend to find that it means that uh, if I'm spinning, uh, you know, a web of lies or I'm not being truthful with myself about something. Whereas for others, when they see spiders, it means creativity and, you know, and encouraging them to try something new and to start a new project. So um, dream books really are, they're not ex exactly very helpful right. because it's it's giving you one idea mm -hmm. of what that one symbol might mean when in fact it, it can mean a hundred different things right to a hundred different people. makes sense yeah and uh, and that and then the other um, spiritual imagery is, uh, is a lot of what I was talking about earlier with going to that wise and loving place and speaking to your wise and loving being it's a spiritual journey okay and mm -hmm. imagining yourself elsewhere. So it, it, it really marries to astral travel, astral projection. It's a very powerful journey um, and something that I usually build up to with my clients. I usually will start uh, a journey of just building rapport with them mm -hmm. and allowing them to just be guided on a relaxation journey. And then that's usually the second one. If they choose to do a spiritual imagery journey, it's usually my second my second journey with them, just mm -hmm. so that they can... Wow kind of preparing gear up for it. Wow. Thank you so much for those definitions, uh, Janie, because as people can see when they visit your website, um, journeywithjanie.com, you help them with different aspects of their lives. You know, uh, I'm reading here, stress relief, coping assistance, trauma therapy, relationship balance, pain management, which I need when I get the bills at the end of the month, <laughs> <laughs> fears and phobias. Right. Uh, positive reinforcement, of course, dream therapy and spiritual imagery, which we just talked about, and past life regression. So it's, it, there's definitely a lot of ways that people can uh, seek help, it seems, uh, with this method. Absolutely. And I, and I want to mention, too, that if you're not in the L.A. area or if it's not feasible for you to see me in person, mm -hmm. I do Skype and phone sessions. As a matter of fact, my 
my uh, my amazing client um, who has quit stuttering and lost all his weight, and mm-hmm. he is in um, a different state. Oh wow! And I have never ever been in the same room with him not once. Wow! So um, he found me on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, at Journey with Danny Hypnotherapy and enjoyed the self-hypnosis that he was able to do through my channel and contacted me. So, and we have been doing weekly sessions for two months now. And now I am seeing his wife and his son. So, um, very good. It's, it's, yeah. So Skype and phone are very effective. Obviously I, I prefer to be in person with every Mm -hmm. client just because I really enjoy that intimate connection, but we can do it uh, across the sea, so to speak. So please contact me and, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. I'm, I'm happy to assist. That is great because I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that would like to, you know, get in touch with a hypnotherapist and, and they, they would love to get in touch with you. And it's, it's reassuring to know that they can receive the same type of treatment via telephone or a Skype, a session, I should say. Obviously, not everybody has the money to travel to LA and, and do those things. So right. that is really cool. Right. Um, one more quick question. You mentioned doctors earlier um how you know do doctors interact with you and how likely is it for them to uh you know give a referral or is that something that generally doesn't happen that's a great question genevieve they're they're becoming much more open to it as a matter of fact kaiser permanente Mm -hmm. um which is located in california i don't know how many other states they're in but uh i know california Mm -hmm. and they have just now started an imagery center so they are allowing Yes, fascinating. The first one is in San Diego, and it's a whole imagery center. So they're having patients use imagery, which is amazing. I mean, that's hypnosis. Uh, To to alleviate pains and to even uh, shrink, you know, cysts and ulcers and all kinds. I mean, you you really ought to read about it. It's amazing what's what the medical industry is starting to finally see mm-hmm. that they may not be able to understand why, but it is working. Right. It's very effective and it's it's ancient and it's natural and why why the heck not, you know? Yeah, and that and that is a really big one for me that it's natural because Again, we're in a society that's obsessed with prescription drugs and mm-hmm. they're trying to give you a pill for everything in, in this world. And yeah. I think that a lot of times, look, I mean, I'm not going to get into a whole debate on pharmaceuticals and whatnot, but I believe that a lot of times the side effects of a lot of these prescriptions are worse than whatever symptom you're trying to treat. Oh, absolutely. So the fact that there is an alternative like the one you provide, it's totally natural. It doesn't involve, you know, putting anything in in your body that that could be harmful or have any funny side effects. Uh, It's something that will help you grow literally from the inside out, it seems. Exactly right. I mean, we, you know, back in the beginning of our time, you know, on this earth, we knew how to connect with our spiritual selves and how to heal naturally. And then the industrial revolution came about and everything became machines, including us. And we were told and, and believe now that, you know, surgery and medicine fix us, that we are systems. And, and everything about us is systematic. We are now finally, finally starting to come back to our the original thought and the knowing that we were not, mm-hmm. we're not machines and we're not that type of a system. We're a spiritual system and we need natural methods and modalities. So I'm thrilled to see so many yogis out there and the meditation and 
and the embrace of hypnotherapy because it works. It's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really does, and I can, I can attest to that. Uh, Janie, what can I say? Thank you so much for taking the time for being with us tonight. It's been an amazing, amazing, insightful, and informative conversation, just the way we like them on this show. We really, really appreciate you taking the time. Why don't you tell people one more time where they can find you? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Frank and Genevieve. And uh, for all of the viewers and listeners for West of the Rockies, you can go to www.journeywithjamie.com, and that's J-A-Y-N-I, no E. So you can go there, and, and of course, um, you know, you can find me on YouTube and uh, Facebook with the same handle. And then um, Twitter, the only place that's a little different, it's hypno underscore J, J-A-Y. Very cool. So that's how you can get in touch with Janie. And, and hey, set up several a... Several thank yous in a chat yeah, to people, Janie as people well. People were loving it. People were loving it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Janie. Yeah, we, cool. we really appreciate it. And if you miss any part of this interview... Be on the lookout. We'll have it on our website this week, along with a really cool video that we shot with Janie. Yeah. And, and the first in a series that we hope to do. Mm-hmm. And Janie was, was kind enough Absolutely. to be our first uh, oh. victim. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Janie was great. Always a pleasure with you guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Thank you Janie. so much. Thank you. And Take thank care. you to Spring Terry for that yeah. music. SpringTerryMusic.com. We're actually going to play one of her songs here at the end. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Janie. And we'll be in touch. Sounds great. Good night, guys. Good night. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Uh, A a big, big, big thank you to Janie. She did a great job at helping us understand some of the uh, truths and dispel some of the uh, false information out there regarding hypnosis and hypnotherapy and the like. Again, if you miss any part of this show, definitely, you know, be on the lookout for the podcast because it, it, it was really great. We, we really appreciate having Janie on the show tonight. And uh, as I said, we're going to go out with one more song by Spring Terry. Don't forget to check out her music. The website is springterry.com. Super talented. Spring Terry Music. Oh, Spring Terry Music. I apologize. <laughs> you will find the link on our website as well when this show is up. I want to thank uh, Janie one more time. I want to thank everybody in the chat room for sticking around. And everyone would like to thank Frank as well. Oh, Frank, well. You never disappoint. Well, I. Thank I, you, Prof. <laughs> some, some might beg to differ. <laughs> thank you, guys. No, it's, uh, we have fun putting these shows together for everyone. Definitely. And, uh, and yeah. Thank you for all the support, Genevieve. Thank you. And once again, happy birthday. Oh, oh, oh it's nearly there. <laughs> it's, it's almost there here on the West Coast, but for the East Coast and some other parts of the world, it's already your birthday. In my so. birth country, it is. There you go. <laughs> so have a great birthday. Uh, we're going to go out with uh, this little jam from, as I said, Spring Terry. Uh, check out the website. Once again, springterrymusic.com. Don't forget to go to journeywithjanie.com. Uh, and check out her YouTube channel where she has, you know, some really interesting videos and you can kind of see how she works. And honestly, for anything like me, you'll, you'll, you know that she's the, the right person to talk to, uh, when it comes to, to these issues. Uh, I believe I'm going to be setting up uh, one more session and I'm, I'm, exp- I'm I, as I continue to explore this world of hypnotherapy and see, yeah, we'll you know, how you the, uh, yeah, how the, you know, what the benefits that come of it. Um, okay. Just so everyone knows, the song we played earlier on was called Beat of My Heart, and this one will be Cry Final. Here we go, guys. Take care. Be safe. God bless. Don't anything too crazy. We want to see you back next week. Enjoy this really cool song by Spring Terror. See ya.